Indeed. Um, so you were, our, here we are. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're right in the middle of a conversation about meat and how it started, as I said to Fred, as you went away, Dan, that I made pork chops on the barbecue last night, and they were uh, fantastic. Mmm. Mm. Yeah. And that's good Good use to your barbecue because you haven't used it a whole lot lately. Well, because it's been winter. So, and <laughs> this may, the main reason, it was, you know, it's been brutal. Uh, but where you were, Fred was about to reveal another secret from the meat place. Yeah, Burton's Meats uh, there. I guess, is it Mississauga? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, 427 Dairy Area. Uh you know, I'll back up a bit. Usually in the grocery store, they have these pork chops, you know, with the the bone that sticks out like the sort of gourmet cut. And they're pre um, sort of seasoned. You can get jerk or Greek or whatever. And I usually get those. But now for two of those, it's up to like $11 for two. And they might be a half inch thick. So I was at Burton's Meats a couple of weeks ago, and I bought some pork chops there, and they're almost an inch thick with the bone-out beautiful hunks of meat, and they were like $5 each. Mm-hmm. So I cooked one for Delise last night because I had some lamb chops left over, and uh, I said, when I handed it to her, I said, it's like, it's like we're in a restaurant. It's like we're in a restaurant. Look at this pork chop. <laughs> it reminded me of Berlin. In, yeah. Um, oh, yeah? During, and, uh, during the Blitzkrieg, during the war. In 42. 42 when you were there. <laughs> oh, the obvious joke. No, Berlin, the restaurant in San ah, Miguel. Ah, yes. The Allende. The Allende. Yeah, Berlin, the restaurant. Yes. Not to be confused with your tour of duty in Berlin with the Allies. <laughs> with Roger Waters. Yeah. Huh. Um, we've had this discussion before, but I'll just bring it up again. I wanted to make some pork chops. These were not bone-in, but they were pretty good size, and I got them at Farm Boy. And they weren't expensive. I got, you know, five sort of decent six to eight ounce size. And uh, but this is what I've been doing. You know, the great thing about pork chops versus steak is I just find them easier to marinate, quicker to flavor. You know, I just what I did. uh, Who gave us that? You have some of that, too. Maybe it was you. You gave me and Dan that Aunt Sally's rub you got. New Orleans. From New Orleans. Yeah. I want my rub back. Yeah, well, that's ship has sailed, Dan. <laughs> that, uh, you can, there's some of your rub back. I'll give you a rub. So All anyway, right. I put some of that on and a few other ingredients, and then Spencer was watching me make it, and they asked, uh, why don't you throw in some sriracha? And, you know, I'm not, I didn't know if that would work with something like a pork chop, because I usually put in honey or maple syrup and mustard. And I got to tell you, that little uh, sriracha bite in the pork chops. And they, I, I did I also, again, not my normal. I was very patient. I put them on my barbecue, but pretty low. Not low for, hour, for hours low, but not scorching hot. And uh, what a difference. I don't know if they were restaurant quality, but they were certainly as, uh, as good as I can make them. Well, these ones from Burton's, they're of a size, right? I sear really hot. I get the barbecue really hot, sear both sides, then turn it down, and then literally put them on the top. Yeah, no, I love uh, that technique. On the top thing to to bake. Now, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to be adventurous sometimes with, you know, condiments and spices, because at Burton's as well, they have this piri-piri sauce that I, I bought. Dan, you had it. Oh, yes, I love piri-piri sauce. I, so got, I, got, I got piri-piri sauce here. So the so the chicken breasts that I get there are always so delicious. So I bought some of this piri piri sauce to have with it, and then Dan was over here 
having chicken and I brought it out and we dabbed it and it was quite I, I didn't put it all over just more of a dip but anyway I've used this now when I had steak and um, last night I had a bit of it with the lamb so you know people are going lamb and piri piri are you kidding Fred but listen people you know, are let, let it all hang out well, brother. Yeah, and the reason I'm, I put my finger up there just to tell you is Spencer uh, has been here almost a month now and brought with them a giant jar of piri piri sauce and and I was I didn't use it on the on the on the uh, porch house, but Spencer puts it on like that like that commercial. They put that I put that shit on everything. Puts it on everything. You know how you sometimes get like you ever do that, you guys, where you get kind of a flavor and you just keep putting it into the same thing over and over again. Like I've used yeah. that Aunt Sally's Fred. This is three or four times in a week on different things. I put it on eggs. Yeah. I put it into a stir fry I was making, and it's just a. It's such a nice little blackened, but not overly blackened uh, flavor. Well, you know those big cheap bottles you get a sriracha sauce. Yes, they're the tall plastic ones. That, yeah, that's, that's what the, I was using last night. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I get. I'm I'm the same way. Like, if I make a sandwich with mayo, I put a little sriracha. I mix the mayo and sriracha it's together. It's genius. And um, same with my Rene's blue cheese, chunky blue cheese. A little bit of sriracha with that. And it's wonderful. Oh, like, you know, it's it's life-changing. You know, speaking of mayo, I don't know. When is, when is the last time either of you two uh, world-class gentlemen have had French fries? But somewhere along the line, mayo became the add-on condiment to French fries, and I'm for it. I'm here for it. I like it, actually. Well, that's uh, sometimes, you know, like a spicy mayo they'll give you in some restaurants. Yes, sir. Fries. Yes. Yeah. They, so you it's know, the same thing. They'll fancy it up. They'll get the... Uh, what are those potatoes? Not real potatoes. The other potatoes, sweet potatoes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sweet potato fries. Right? Sweet. Sorry, I just had to work that out. The sweet mm-hmm. potato fries with the spicy mayo is uh, is a game changer, Freddie. It's a game changer. Here's another thing. You're not working on. Uh, you're not trying to sell the people at Craft uh, Miracle Whip or anything, are you? No, but uh, this uh, steak place. Uh, what's it called? Betty's Birdies. Yeah, the place you were Craft's, just talking. Craft's not in the formula, is what you're saying. No, the place you were just talking about, the place we're not supposed to Burtons. talk about. Burtons, Burtons yeah. yeah. Should yeah. give Burtons a call for this commercial we just did. Yes, maybe. Yes, <laughs> I don't know at what level they advertise, but they should. Well, they're um, adver- they're advertising now. Anyway, go on. For years, we bought Miracle Whip as our mayo. Sure, you did. And then somebody recommended, like you know. Miracle Whip, it's not like real authentic mayonnaise for whatever reason, and I forget the reason. So we started buying the Hellman's with the uh, olive oil base. Yeah, Hellman's. It's way better. <laughs> like, it's real mayonnaise. Like, I can tell such a difference. I will never buy Miracle Whip again. Well, it's good you've taken a stand. Hellman's. <laughs> Hellman's. Did you have some Hellman's when you went in Germany in 42 in Berlin? Dan, I'm sorry. We're just way behind. You're at the beginning of the show. We prattled on about food. Prattled. I love that prattled word. on. But uh, we'll get back to it. But first, here's Dan Duran. 
This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our lovesick lake facility with a lake, and from Lisa's house in Peterborough. Mm. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palmo Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture, relaxation, and decreasing your stress. And now, here are two men who spend so much time talking about poo that they're putting out feelers for poop-related sponsors. So if you're in the field of crap, consider this show. Whether it's septic fields or toilet paper, underwear or stain remover, your ad could come up when spontaneous shit talk does. Mm. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, that was uh, quite the introduction there, Frederick. I mean, uh, Dan. Which one, we, which one of you is Dan? <laughs> Uh, we're pretty excited about our guest today, but not as excited as she is. Monica Brom, or uh, Bram, Brom, I'm going to say. Big fan of ours, been uh, listening since the Mojo days. Is an OG Hundy P. And apparently we used to uh, run into one another when I had a, an aeroplane at Buttonville Airport back in the day. And that day being before the divorce. Anyway, uh, Monica has uh, transitioned to the world of death doulas. Now, this is not... Uh, we're going to have a minor discussion about, you know, MAID and the medically assisted, whatever that acronym is. Um, medical assistance in dying. But, that's, but what she actually does is she's somebody that does the dying assistance. They call themselves death doulas. You know what a real doula is, don't you, Dan? Yeah, it's to do with uh, uh, birth. Bring the baby in to the world. And now you've got people who are on the other side taking the people out of the world. I wonder, I have many questions. Do you guys go to the same college? Is it like like Hogwarts where the death doulas are like uh, (laughs) Slytherin and the uh, baby doulas are like, uh, you know, they're the good guys? How the doula games. Exactly. Is there, you know, anyway, so much to learn. And she's graciously offered, Fred, to take us out when the time comes. And uh, you know what? The way things are going could be uh, imminent. Yeah. Could be. Now, a doula, is that like a, a midwife type thing? Or are you? Or... Yes. Okay. It's kind of a name for, a, I believe. I'm just going to look for up. For a midwife. Yes. Doulas. So, but when they check you out, take you out. A midwife becomes like a a death wife? Exactly. A woman typically without formal obstetric training who is employed to provide guidance and support to a pregnant woman during labor. What is the difference, Fred asks, between a doula and a midwife? There's one significant difference. Midwives provide medical care. Doulas provide you and your family with emotional, informational and physical support. So oh, there you okay. go. Anyway, we're going to talk to her. She's going to be. She's checked in a couple times, and so hopefully it all goes well. Uh, half an hour or so from now. Excellent. Yes, she is quite uh, anxious to be on the show, and you you got to love that. Hopefully, she's not over the top. You know. <laughs> To uh, not to go from food to something, <laughs> yeah. 
people sometimes have... when people come on in the over the top, <laughs> it's aggravating. Right. We, we have a very specific <laughs> criterion for how you should act with us, okay? Don't go over the top or we, we, we get aggravated. I uh, had my hair cut a couple days ago, and uh, I don't know about you guys are a little older than me. And Dan, I don't know what Dan's up to, but I, I've really tried hard to keep up with the hair in and around my ears. My eyebrows, like, so late, the woman that cuts my hair does that. She trims my eyebrows and she shaves the back of my neck, which is also, as I've aged, going out of control. I don't even need a haircut so much as I need just like an overall trimming. So my question to you, older gentlemen, is this an issue for you? I'll start with you, Dan Duran. From, uh, where are you from again? Didsbury, Alberta. Yeah, from Disbury. Yeah. Dan Duran. No, for you, yeah, that's, that's a normal kind of grooming thing a guy does these days. I mean, but has it gotten worse? We all did it, but has it gotten worse for you as as you've aged? Uh, Maybe. I just haven't really noticed. I noticed, you know, when nose hairs are coming out of my nose and Lisa makes a comment, it's time to, you know, pull out the nose hair thing. But what about ear hair in and around the in and around ear hair? Like I got these little ones on the top of my ears. I only had my hair cut two days ago. I looked at myself in the mirror this morning. I'm like, I'm like a... You know, gorilla of some kind. Who are you asking? Now? I don't know. I just thought Dan had something to add, but okay. No, over I, I'm to, just trying to think, you know, the other thing is maybe burn it off. Okay. <laughs> over to you, Fred Patterson from Scarborough, Ontario. Well, you know what a hostess is? I'm looking at a few right now, and it's amazing. In the spring, hostess, they're big, leafy plants. Oh, okay. And they literally grow overnight. Sure. And and I said to Delise, I'd like to put like a time lapse camera on this and just look at the time as this as these things sprout. And it's the same with that type of hair. Where does it come from? Because I'm the same way. She'll bring something to my attention. I'll clip it off. And then almost instantly the next day, there's mm-hmm. another long one hanging there. And you're going, was that there yesterday? Or is it like a hosta? And it just sprung out overnight like how quickly do those things grow this is my question great question thank you fred patterson scarborough well that's the thing there's two things that grow Mm -hmm. keep growing i should say as you age do you uh, do either of you learned folks know what those are your nose and your ears your nose and your ears but that uh, the proliferation of those hairs eyebrows ears and nose the top of my nose it's a grooming nightmare and the reason i noticed it was i just had my hair cut (laughs) to top of your nose top of your nose oh yeah on my nose that that would be a problem it is a problem you should start waxing then i don't know what i should your nose whatever it is i'm not uh not proud of it i'm just being honest it's not good and I only noticed it because I had my hair cut like a couple of days ago and I was all trimmed up. And then now the back of my neck is starting to grow again. Uh, uh, Dan mentioned Lisa. Uh, Delise is like that with me. She'll bring it to my attention that there's hair hanging out of, you know, my ears or my nose. And then I'll try to get to it right away. Um, and which is great. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, oh, really? Again? Oh, okay. And then you look and it's, what does she see? And then, oh, you see this little thing. And then I'll be somewhere and I'll see some jaunty gentleman mm-hmm. that'll have bushy eyebrows and like hair out his nose and hair out his ears. And I'm thinking, what does his wife say? She's, his wife must be dead. She's dead. <laughs> That's exactly. 
Isn't it? In, I tell you right now. <clears throat> interesting, interesting. I was just going to take you there. There's, cause, cause I'll I, take you there. there. I'll take you there. I was just going to take you there in this conversation because even though I'm still technically single, I mean, I do have a Mexican girlfriend. But uh, and she can't. She only sees me once a week, and she can't really see through the Zoom that well. So she thinks I'm no. fine. But but I, you know, I've been in that situation where you know XGFR would tell me just what you're saying, and I wonder about yeah. those. There's an age we we were around. Dan, Freddie, and I was around, were around a lot of older dudes this winter who had settled into retirement. I don't see though. Some of those guys have just decided to let it go. Let yeah. it go, Dan. Like in, like in Frozen, they've just let it go. Let it go. Is there a time in our societies that uh, that this was an attractive feature, where all you know the extra things growing out everywhere was a was a sign of wisdom or greatness or anything? You think maybe? Uh, you know, maybe. Yeah, I, that- always, yeah, I was thinking like uh, a guy I had at high school. I forget what his name was, Mister McPherson, and he always he smelled like pipe tobacco, and he had hair growing out of everywhere everywhere exactly he was he was a very you know he was again an english teacher and you know he was always throwing lines at you from books and um yeah and i always in in retrospect it was like he was a relatively young guy where was his wife in this equation so so he was always throwing lines at you from books like you know robin williams and the dead poet society i mean yes yes exactly Mm -hmm. um i I listen. I don't remember my dad. I think my dad was still pretty bushy at the end. I mean, there is an age where, like it is. Listen, we're all guys in our sixties. What are we going to be like when we're in our seventies? Who has? It's because, it, as Fred said, like the you called it the hostess tree or plant. Yes, the hostess. So yeah. this isn't slowing down. It's not like well, when you get to be seventy-one, it stops. It's going to get mm-hmm. worse, Dan. Doesn't your hair keep growing after you die? Doesn't For a bit. Well, well, yes, I think it does. You have to get a death haircut. That's right after the really, dude. <laughs> in my in my the last couple of years, once I settled into my sixties, my nails grow. We've mentioned oh, yeah. this before. They grow crazy. Nice like absurd. they never have before. And it, and like they're once harder. a week. Yeah. I was gonna but, say um, Dan, maybe there's a death doula and then there's a death uh, stylist. That's where they <laughs> they, they well, style so. they style you one last time before they throw you in the ground. What's really repulsive is when you see somebody with a lot of nose hair and on the end of, say, even just one hair, there's a little tiny bogue. Mm-hmm. Yes. How disgusting that is. And there's guys that walk around like that all the time. All day long. You look at them from some angle and, you yeah. know, their nose hair, there's little like little flakes of bogatel. Yeah, it's like a decoration <laughs> on a Christmas tree of hair, nose hair. No, I know. And it's like. Like a ball. And again, I keep saying it, but whenever I see that, I think, does that guy, doesn't that guy's, like, doesn't she say something to him? Like, or maybe he's just told her to fuck off and mind her own business, right? So yeah, that's there's relationships that's like that. Oh, yeah. yeah are there? <laughs> the, the only, uh, the only. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed for my next one, because that never works for me. <laughs> the only association I have with that is uh, heavy duty smokers. Yes, I, I, you know, the, and the and the the, the nose hairs get stained. Mm, yeah, the, yes, nailing of the smoke that's uh, that sits with me in some corner of my brain. Well, yeah, that is like a very white, good point. The white beard coated nicotine. There's nothing worse. 
In uh, two, well, there, I shouldn't say that. There's something worse than that, you know. From uh, there, well, there's lots worse, lots worse than that. But always I mean, some worse. It's offensive, you know. Whether I often when I see somebody who I don't know, if I saw one of you two or another dear friend who I admire and respect, and you had a, a, a booger in your nose, I've done it to you. Well, you've done it to me. Hey, you've got oh, yes. something in your nose, and you know, get it out. I just wonder if that person hasn't seen anybody they know for a few hours like if they're in the grocery store like you know you see some old dude he's got some boogers in his long stupid nose hairs has he not seen anybody or seen a mirror in a while <laughs> exactly yeah i'm like that with with stains i have my shirts are always stained and if i don't look down well uh, did i tell you that story one day danny's friend mike came over dropped by the house and we're sitting out back having a beer and he said hey you wouldn't have a kleenex would you and I said, sure, Mike, I'll get you a Kleenex. He said, no, no, for you, you got something hanging out here. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but, you I know, laughed my bag off. But that's Have a sign of bag off. Uh, <laughs> several times had to get it patched in. Uh, listen, Dan, don't go away in a second because we were talking about, you know, being in relationships and getting married because, of course, Dan's probably on the, uh, the verge of another you know, marriage. I mean, I'm sure that's what's happening in the background. Oh, yeah. I oh, can't yeah. wait for that one. Oh, oh my God. But in on a sock here. Mm-hmm. Oh, a marriage on the dock. <laughs> that would be amazing, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but we're going to get to that in a second. You'll, from a, an article I got here from uh, Psychology Today, in the last 50 years, this will shock you, the number of people that are not, I say, not getting married. But first... Here's uh, Frederick uh, Aloysius Patterson. Hey, everybody. Last night in uh, the NBA and the NHL, uh, the uh, finalists were decided. Uh, You know, yes, they were. The uh, Miami Heat, uh, they were up three games to none, and the series became tied, but they went into Boston last night and actually crushed the the Boston Celtics. So uh, Miami goes to the NBA final, and the Vegas Golden Knights, they crushed the Dallas Stars 6-0 last night, so they're going to the NHL final against the Florida Panthers. And the line on that, ladies and gentlemen, minus 130 Vegas, plus 110 on um, on Florida. A little closer than I thought, but look at the NBA final. Denver, minus 400 Miami, plus 300. So that Miami magic, they do not expect to continue in the NBA final. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Speaking of experience, we want you to try the electric vehicle experience from evnet.ca. For starters, they're focused on making EVs easy and affordable. And they do this by education, clients uh, and people about uh, EVs and how economical they've proven to be. You know, I had a great lunch with Daryl Croft last week. we got to get him back on uh, soon because he's got a real good rap about the state of electricity, uh, of electrical... Let me try it again. About the state of electric vehicles in the province of Ontario. I don't know if you've heard this, Dan, but we're way behind the rest of the country. I mean, you still get a rebate from the federal government, but in some provinces, you can get ten dollars and $12,000 back if you get into an EV. But before you do, maybe you want to experience what one is like to own. 
That's what uh, EV rental does. They they give you a chance to take it for a day, for a weekend, for a week. Summertime would be a great time to, you know, go to the cottage, see what it, how it fits your lifestyle. And this is how you do it. Go to evnet.ca. It's not just uh, Teslas. You can get a Nissan Leaf, an Outlander, a Kona, or a Bolt. The entire experience is there for you with people that know what they're doing. evnet.ca. Look at the uh, light streaming in on Freddie. Looks angelic. Yeah, that's the light coming through the trees here. Beautiful, eh? Yeah, it's beautiful. It, you know what? It really is. Uh, it does remind us that every day on this planet is a gift, my friend. Every day is a gift. Well, I've often said, you know, I've traveled. I'm not a huge world traveler. I've been several places. Oh, you've been some places. Um, But again... Uh, a moment like this, mm-hmm. there's probably nowhere else on earth I'd rather be than right here at a moment like this. At a moment like this. This lake is like glass. Oh, yeah. Blue sky, no wind. The grass is green. The flowers are blooming. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, Come on. I don't I don't have any great background, but I thought I could show you guys. I was playing around with this. Yesterday with Fred, Dan, before he came on, I was just dicking around with the backgrounds. And yeah. uh, look, here, here's Howie with a you know new beard. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He looks pretty mm-hmm. good on you. It does look good on me. Yeah. It's just a, a, light, uh, a light touch. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny because uh, I, was do- I did this with uh, Senora Espinosa, me uh, a Mexican novia, uh, the other day on our Zoom. And she's like, oh, I like that. I'm like, really? Oh, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll oh. do it. Oh, well then. <laughs> exactly. Here, I, I I can just do it a little more subtly. I can make my eyebrows a little darker. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't need any help, really. Uh, what about your? It does. It does need some help. Uh, yeah, I like Conquistador it. Conquistador hat. Can you put that on too? Okay, and, I, well, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Sure, of course I can. <laughs> I can do that. I just don't. I sometimes I don't know how to get it off. Um, well, yeah. You know, Howard, or uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Dan Howard was talking about you getting married. Oh, and it'll be a lovely marriage right down here. Yeah, here, here's this new one now. Yeah. Well, prepare. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, scholar. Yeah, see, I never got to wear one of these mm-hmm. when I went to school, so. Oh, and here's I can a- see Howard heading for uh, six months a year in Mexico. Yes, when I go there, I'll be dressed like this, Dan. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I love that. He's ignoring me, too. I'm not ignoring you. I'm doing virtual background bits. Oh, yeah, which is great for the people listening on Spotify. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Trying to send people to Facebook Live. I want to turn it off. I just can't. I just don't know how. Okay, go to none. It's okay. You can leave it on. It's just for us anyway. We don't mind. There we go. I'll get rid of this now. There we go. All right. The eyebrows are still there. Okay. So what about the marriage thing? Oh, you want to get back to that? No, I, I no, I don't. I, well, I just thought I'd get out of the, uh, you know. No, I thought it would be a lovely to... marriage. You and Lisa on the dock yes. down here. We'd all, you know, gather yeah. around and listen to the vows, and then maybe mm. have some nice finger food and oh yeah, some drinks. And then Howard, when he gets married, uh, will it be in Mexico, Howard, or in Canada? Yes, Mexico, probably. <laughs> Destination yeah. wedding. So you'll be six months. Now, the six months that you're in Canada, will your wife come with you or do you, will she stay in Mexico, do you think? Well, you know, she's got some houses to clean down there. So I, uh, you know. You need some, and you need some alone time. <laughs> I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't take her away from her work, Fred. No, I know. I can just see Dan Duran on the dock. 
So yeah, when you're in Mexico here. with her, will yeah. you help her clean like, houses? I'll be part of there. that. No, I'll be part of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch in. Of course, I'm not going to let her clean all the houses. Richie hey, I'm the vacuum guy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jorge, the vacuum man. But here's Dan Duran and Lisa walking down on a summer's evening. On a summer's eve. On a summer's eve. Very sexy uh, Lana Del Rey music in the background. Open up a beer what is your uh, song that you picked up for the wedding, though, Dan? So, what's the uh, article you read? Is something? <laughs> Boy, he, nothing. Nothing says "fuck you" like a dander. <laughs> like Dan, will you buy? Will you buy her a, like a, a, a subtle rock or a big one? Like, uh, oh, dude, she's already got a big rock, but that's not on her finger. Um, Dan, nothing says a, nothing says Dan Duran's done with the bit more than uh, anyway. In um, this is from uh, Psychology Today. The uh, it doesn't matter. Research Center compared. Uh, they found that um, a, per- a huge percentage of adults were found to be unpartnered as. Uh, as compared from 2021 to 1990, it's dropped like 29%. But here it is. Um, a decline in marriage. Indeed, over the past 50 years, this is the uh, one I got, wanted to show you guys. Fat past 50 years, the percentage of people getting married has dropped by 60%. 60%. The reason for the changes wow. in marital status are many. Young adults are taking longer to get married. Married cohabitation has become a popular alternative. Lower income individuals are now less likely to marry. Women, women, women still prefer a man who is financially stable. So with that, when unemployment rises, the numbers of eligible men shrink. But 50, 60% less than 50 years ago. So does that figure, you think, have everything to do with uh, people being coupled or is it just marriage? So is it like uh, there are less people being, you know, considered a, a pair? Um, well, I as I just said, cohabitation 50 years ago wasn't as much of an alternative as it is now. Although um, I, I was living with somebody for a couple of years in Calgary. Uh, Jacqueline, remember her? I, I was, yeah. I, when, when she and I broke up, I moved in with you but i lived with her for a couple years but that was that in those days i'm just saying in my early 20s that wasn't as predominant as it is now the second thing is uh 50 years ago in 1970 um okay now the median age for first time marriages 28 for women 30 for men in 1970 men and women were all married by their early 70s but i'm sorry by the early 20s mm-hmm. right yeah you and Dahl didn't live together before you got married, did you? No. No. Hmm. And no judgment. I'm just saying in those times, it wasn't It wasn't the option it was even by the time I got to my early 20s, which was the mm-hmm. 1980s. Yeah, that, you know, that when I look back, I, I mean, that could have been an option. We just didn't really think about it going back. Um, and it's not like it wouldn't have been tolerated by either side of the of the family. It's just let's get married. Yeah, Dan, you lived with somebody for uh, quite a while when I first met you. Well, not not just when I first met you, but you had that girlfriend when we all first met you. She was in Edmonton. We called her Miss Ju- Miss Judy. 
Was it yep. Judy? Yeah. Miss Judy was your girlfriend, and then you moved in with her in Calgary, I believe. That's correct, yeah. You don't no, really no, agree. and it was the tail end of Moose Jaw, actually. But she was living with you in Calgary. You don't really like to talk yeah. about your past, your present, or your future. What would you, what would you like <laughs> to talk very, about? Very no, private, I helped. man. That's, uh, I mean, that, that's true. <laughs> Dan is like, okay, what are the subjects we could talk to you about? Because obviously marriage <laughs> isn't one of them. He doesn't like, he's an interesting character. He doesn't want to speak about his past, present, or future. What you're saying, though, is that the, right now in our society... Maybe because of religion, less interest in religion, because I think that uh, a lot of marriage has to do with yes. yeah. religious values, right? <laughs> and there's uh, former religion is less and less important to people. So maybe that's one of the reasons. I think that's a very also, good. What's the other one? Was your also? Well, also, there is so way less expensive to... Uh, to just move in together rather than having a big wedding and all the planning and the hassle. Yeah, on the that's also a good point. All that, right? Here, in, in, then, now remember, this is from Psychology Today, so it's from a psychological um, point of view as well. <laughs> and one of the, in, as they say here, one of the all-encompassing reasons I see in practice, and my, this is a psychologist talking, is an issue of control. And in the capacity to manage, dominate, exercise, power over, influence, curb, suppress, or restrain, the never-married individuals that I've treated all seem to share stories about being controlled in a way that's left them adamant about never committing to anyone again. And again, I, and I can totally see that, where some people were, men and women, were in marriages where they felt they've lost control. And don't want to put themselves in that situation again. Makes complete sense. It does make complete sense. And, you know, you got to follow your your beliefs and values. Because if you do it against your better judgment, that's not a good way to start a marriage, is it? If you are that type of person. You know, I know a few people like that. And... Yeah, it's it's just the way it is. And I think it's why it's more widely accepted now. Obviously, I mean, that's what this conversation is about. The fact that people are together but not married. In fact, it makes a lot more sense on so many levels. Although with the laws today, the common law laws, I mean, I mean, you can still run into those issues. But And is it three years? I think I've asked you guys. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure I don't know is. what it is. I, I think after I it was three, one year. Mm. Yeah, we had this. You're like... <clears throat> So, I mean, you still have those issues to deal with, but again, it's maybe not as complicated. I think you're shy, you shy in a year there, Dan. I can't imagine you're, you have access to the same rights that a married person was, would have after one year, but I know we've had this discussion. You, you mentioned the financial aspect, too, and it's something that, and, I, and again, you know, men do it, have their, you know, what do you call them, sugar mamas or you know, whatever. Sure. But, you know, watching that series, um, Sunderland Till I Die, the, when the, the second season, the guy who owns the team, he's just this below average, dumpy looking little guy, much like me. Uh, but he has this. <laughs> no, he has you're this much, big. You're much he, less dumpy looking than him. Come on. You know what I mean? But he has this big blonde sort of smoking wife. And the first thing, I'm sorry, but the first thing you think is, it's all about the money. If that guy didn't have money, she wouldn't look at him twice. Of course. And I know there's, 
in in the sports world there's a lot of that in the entertainment world there's a lot look of at that. rupert's like, look look at rupert's little second wife uh bex on ted lasso he's nearly yeah. 70 she's in her 20s in a smoke show and they're having uh-huh. a baby together so it, it like and i if mo- money really means that much to you because if you're if you're marrying for money and not you know, it's just sort of disingenuous. What, what kind of a situation is that to put yourself in? Because you could eventually you would feel it, especially the guy who's being roped in. Uh, listen, I, I, it's, I was looking at that pairing because I, I was watching one of my favorite scenes from Ted Lasso. And, you know, for, for forever, men have attracted younger women because they have money and power and access and, you know, and. A lot of times, historically, older men had younger wives to it was probably yeah. for procreation purposes, whatever. But you know, you can't fault those women because they see something in that relationship, and not just money, safety. You know, uh, I guess, and, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's it's more than just that, have, and I'm sure that's part of the attraction. You know, look at Frank Sinatra back in the day. And by the way, before we finish the show, I got to tell you that I um I want to talk about uh, listening to you on your recommend that that episode of Smartless, one of my favorite ever. What with, Paul, with Paul Anka? fantastic. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah so there's lots to because obviously mm-hmm. sometimes you just look at the women and go, what what do they see in him? Well, they see something, and it's not just the fact that they get to drive or fly on private jets. <laughs> Uh, Dan, did you look yeah, up the yeah. uh, common law thing? But, but, but if I may just say, Howard, further to that, that could be true, and it may, in many cases, it may be genuine. But a, a society generally, people tend to look at that and go, "Oh, she's just doing it for the money," which is sad. And sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong. I'm sure it's always right to a point. Yes, I'm just saying that. I didn't want to use the prehistorically as in it's in human beings DNA to seek the highest level of comfort in the hierarchy of needs for that young woman. You know, Mm -hmm. it's because it's such it's so it's easy to say she's just a gold digger, gold digger. But Mm -hmm. uh, but there's other things to it. Uh, Dan, did you look up this uh, phenomenon of one versus three? Yeah, it's one. It's 12 continuous months. Really? Yeah. And so after 12 months of living with somebody, you have to split half your shit with him? Mm-hmm. Well, whatever no. common law, how it's defined. Oh, okay. I'm not sure as a lawyer, but yeah, I yeah. believe that's you're considered common law. And there's <clears throat> formulas, and if the one person has contributed, like say someone owns a home and the other person has contributed yeah. to it on some level, then they can claim a piece of it. And one that. year. That's crazy. <clears throat> Now, the other side of it, uh, what is there an advantage to getting, like, if you were living in common law all the way to, like, your latter years, is there an advantage to getting married for some financial reason uh, to wrap things up in case one of you dies? Or is that a question to ask uh, the retirement Sherpa? You know, he might know that answer. I think there's probably a tax advantage in terms of, and this is the only thing I would think, when you get older and start to take out your retirement funds... If you were married, maybe there's a tax advantage, as you were mentioning, where one can take out one year or the other. I don't know. Maybe you could balance it more. Hmm. Something to look into. Great question. Anyway, let's let we're going to let Dan go because he he's already seen that there's a a new topic in town, and that topic's Dan Gar- Dan's getting married on a dock. 
and he wants no part of that gunfight. Alrighty, because we'll the, see la- for the news. The last person Dan wants to hear this piece of nonsense is the future Mrs. Duran. <laughs> okay, I'm going. See you all later. right, all right. Listen, Let's see how quickly you got out. Congratulations, Dan. <laughs> He's, he is funny. There was, that's why I had to say that to him because he just he, he's like you can. I've known him a long time. He just bristles because it's you know he doesn't no, want to talk about Miss Judy because there's a million stories about her. He doesn't want to talk about anything that's gone on in the present, and you don't want us want to talk about the future, Mrs. Duran, because again, it's all too it's all too it's much. all too much for him, right? That's why I think he likes science. <laughs> that's why I think he likes to talk about science fiction. It's yeah. just fantasy. Or speakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we can talk all day about speakers. Balancing oh, speakers yeah. and the the proper wire to use with them. And yeah. No problem. Anyway. Uh, before our uh, guest arrives here, um, we should take a little time. Oh, we, we just did one, didn't we? Yeah, we did a little. Uh... Yes, I did Bodog. Yeah, you did Bodog. And I, I wasn't. I was doing something else. So, is the NHL is the final set yet, or do we still have to wait? Yes, it is. Last night, Dallas lost to the Vegas Knights. I think it was six nothing. Vegas crushed them in that uh, game six, so they move on against the Florida Panthers. <sighs> and, and this is Vegas the, and Florida in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching that. Hey, dude, <clears throat> dude. Of mm-hmm. uh, isn't Vegas. Two things I know about Vegas. They're pretty new in the league. And isn't this their second time going to the Stanley Cup Finals in like four years that they've been in existence? This is their fifth season, second Stanley Cup Final. They went to the Stanley Cup Final in year one, their very first year of existence. They went to the Stanley Cup Final, which again, and I'll say it, you know, and I know it's embarrassing, a huge embarrassment for the league. Sorry. I think that I still think that year five's not so bad, but uh, yeah. And think about the that. Florida Panthers, Florida and Vegas. It's, cool. it's well, even to a casual observer like myself, that's got to drive you bananas. Yeah. When you think of all the really good, genuine hockey markets that do without. But uh, that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. baby. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I got that. I got that right here. I get that right at my fingertips. It's not a bad song. It's a great song. It's just the way it is, baby. If you've been uh, like me and Freddie, you know, aging with energy, shout out to our other podcast. You can uh, attest that a lot of days, you know, you're, something's nagging. It's your lower back or your IT bands or some kind of tension. Our brand new sponsor, Stretch Lab, Toronto. And I mentioned yesterday, I've had... This happened three years ago. I was in Phoenix. I went to one of these places. And I thought, man, if they ever got one of these in Toronto, I would go. Because just having had this experience of assisted stretching, improving your sports performance. Of course, for me, it's like trying to stay in shape for golf. Actually, it was Rachel. Ex-girlfriend Rachel said, hey, did you hear that they've opened up one of those stretch labs in Toronto? I was there the first week. I've spent a month going back and forth, and I started talking to the owner. I said, you know, this place is going to take off. They're going to have all sorts of locations around the city. And he and I and Fred have come to an agreement. And now here they are on our show, increasing your range of motion and flexibility. You reduce muscle and joint pain. You know, I don't know. It's a long time ago since you've had one of these, Freddie. But you can attest to the fact when you were going through your back troubles, a lot of times people's 
ITs and their, their hamstrings get so tight that it affects your lower back. It, yes. And it's so beautiful having the stretches, and especially, you know, if you have them routinely, it's fantastic. I used to feel like I was Gumby. You know, you know? I, I had a stretch on Friday, and it's just 55 minutes. And just that, I the whole weekend, I felt just lower, my lower back release improves your posture, reduces stress. Stretching, stretching benefits both your physical well-being and your mental health, as it, what it's doing is it allowing blood and oxygen to flow better, improving mental clarity. Get started. There's all kinds of different packages. You know, it doesn't have to cost you a ton. I can tell you right now, you can get started. There is a... Uh, I just want to make sure I got the right number. There's actually an offer now. Go and get an introductory stretch. $59 for 55 minutes. If you go to stretchlab.com, they can hook you up. It really is a great way to see if this is uh, right for you. And I got to tell you, if there's any golfers listening, believe me, this is going to make a difference. Not in your game, but in the way you feel about your body after you play. Stretchlab.com. Fantastic. Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group's uh, benefit plan for small business. Small business being, yeah, one point or uh, maybe a hundred. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free quote. There's a badge there. Click on it. All the information you need. Uh, you put some information in yourself and then you get an idea of what it's going to cost you, depending on what level you want to buy into. Uh, it's really doable. They've done a great job of keeping uh, the premiums under control, and they're adding product all the time, mental health, and, you know, an HR department, and uh, Brett Tanner, uh, our buddy's going to be on the show in the next little while to talk about some of the new improved products available under the Chamber Plan. Very progressive, very innovative. Uh, really, they have the client in mind all the time. What is better for your employees? And again, it's affordable. It really is. Take the time today. We're, you know, again, prescriptions, dental, travel, but so many more things uh, to offer. And we'll touch on those over the next uh, little while. Chambers Plan, uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca. Yeah, I got that right. By the way, first time fifty minute mobility assessment stretch. They'll, they'll, they'll. This is really cool. They did this with me about a month and a half ago. They, they, they assess your mobility, and we talked about this a little bit. I'm not sure if it was you and I talking about how, yeah, about you know, about aging, how there are certain mobility markers where you. I think we were talking about on the show where you, if you can no longer get out of a chair unassisted, right? We were talking about somebody's mom broke their hip. Anyway, this assessment's only $59. We'll get you a really good idea of what a, a stretch lab stretch is. And um, yeah, man, I'm pretty excited about it because uh, I know we're going to get some stretching done and I want the audience to go and we're going to have some contesting as well. And Dave uh, Moskowitz, the uh, guy that brought it to Toronto. Yeah, it was interesting. I'd never done one of these before. Uh in this particular way, I mean, when we had our little business back in the in the early days of Mojo, there, you know, I had had access to some kind of this type of stretching, yeah. but this specific stretching, sort of for golf, is uh, was great for me, and I know a lot of people would benefit from it. Well, our friend Monica, who was so eager to uh, come on the show, and now, of course, is you know, not as eager. That's interesting. Is it? 
a day early yesterday. Yeah. A couple of, uh, an hour or so early today. Mm-hmm. And now when the curtain is supposed to rise, she's well, not just, here. No, I've just sent uh, our producer <clears throat> another note saying, uh, hey, she's not here now. Mm-hmm. And I'm already, to, I'm already to talk death. I've got music uh, teed up and everything. Well, maybe I can bring this up at this point. You know, bring yesterday, over, over the past several days, we've been talking about soccer and the passion in England. And yesterday, I think I made the point that I we can't really relate to that passion um, because of the, some of the things you hear said by the by the fans over there. I mean, they're crazy. But anyway, I get up this morning and I see the so, uh, story that on ta- uh, Ontario soccer referees, Ontario soccer referees, that's right here in this province, are to wear cameras to combat abuse. And this is soccer. This isn't hockey and they're not talking baseball. It's soccer specific. They cite a couple of cases. A 16-year-old female official uh, assaulted in a parking lot last summer by, by parents. Mm, I was going to say by parents. Girl. Yeah. By parents. And then another uh, incident where a referee uh, was being scrutinized by this guy. He runs over to his car. He gets a machete out of the trunk, and he's chasing the referee around Mm. the field with a machete. With his trunk machete. So so here we go. This is Ontario. And again, do you make the correlation? Is soccer bring out that kind of passion in people? Because I, you know, lots of stuff happens in hockey rinks as well, as far as you know, going getting on the referees. But to to the point now where they're going to wear body cams as evidence against being assaulted is it's just another sad s- statement on our society, isn't it? First of all, I'm not surprised, and that's why I paused for a second when you said being assaulted. I wanted to jump in and say by whom? Yeah, because I spent ten years going around the province with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Because Charlie got to rep level B in Oakville, which is a high level because Oakville is soccer crazy. So I got to go on the road to different places and I've never, and I've spent years as a, as a kid in hockey rinks, never heard parents worse than soccer parents. Yeah. Never heard to the point where at one, (laughs) this is going to make you laugh at one tournament we were in like Kingston and it was the mother's who were who we had to we had to, who were abusing these referees mm-hmm. our mothers a couple of our mothers you know did a little daytime drinking as you do and were, and were the referees young yes like and yeah. i think exactly we had to we had to we caught we and the coaches calmed them down <laughs> by pointing out that the refs were mm-hmm. like teenagers and they're learning like the players are exactly learning. this isn't you know uh, tfc this was kids Mm-hmm. Or, you know, refereeing for for money, you know, as their second little. Anyway, I'd never heard worse parental behavior than I did as a soccer dad for all those years. You know, over the years, a couple of times in hockey, you know, I, I witnessed a couple of over the top parents, you know, just yelling and maybe the odd disparaging remark and intervene saying, hey, bud, you might just want to keep it down. Mm hmm. But the problem nowadays, we've escalated. Um, I don't know whether it's uh, just our anger or whatever. Like, I, I would probably think twice before intervening now. I, intervening as a parent? As, as a third party. Say you right. have a, say there's a parent screaming at a 
15 year old no i get you on, yeah, be, on the ice on the pitch an umpire or yeah, whatever you'd be concerned for your own safety should you intervene maybe, absolutely maybe especially yeah. at this age you know what i mean mm. you could take a punch in the head when you're in your 30s but i can't in my 60s like i i i and again, that's another sad statement. So you sit, what do you do in a situation? Like if I'm at a soccer game and a guy's got a machete and he's chasing the referee, like yeah. what do you do? You call the cops, obviously, but. <laughs> well, I wanted to get back to that. <clears throat> I don't know what you're doing, what your personal story is when you can go, oh, I know what I'll do. I'm just going to pop over to the, the, the car. I think I've got my, honey, did I, bring my, <laughs> did I bring my machete with me to this game? Because I usually do. I'll tell you yeah. right now what I would do is I would hope to, uh, you know, have, you know, because, you know, they say, um, what is the phrase? A, uh, a, a good guy with a machete can beat a bad guy with a machete. Isn't that the uh, right wing? Uh, a good guy with a gun? No, oh, right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. uh, but in a machete fight, you know, there are no uh, winners. Somebody's going to yeah. get nicked. Right, a good guy with a gun can stop a bad. Exactly. So, yeah, right. yeah, if I see Machete Man run after somebody, I don't know. But all jokes, jokes aside, I don't know what you do. Um, and I'm wondering if that's Brampton because in Brampton the machete seems to be the weapon of choice. Um, there's been it's over the years there's been several incidents in Brampton where, you know, you read the report there's been a machete battle in a parking lot somewhere and it's like, is that good or is that bad? I mean, you can't, you know, you can't be caught in crossfire if somebody's hacking a guy's arm off. No, <laughs> no, you, know? you, there's no. The only person suffering is the guy getting macheted. <laughs> that's right. And that's listen. I will uh, mm. listen. Escucha. Uh, some of the best soccer I ever saw <clears throat> as a uh, parent was when my kids would play Brampton. I'm just going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. Some of the mm-hmm. best, great battles, great soccer community. Here comes Monica, finally. But of, of the places we would go and play away, I loved, yeah. I loved playing away in Brampton because the, well, uh, the kids were so good. Well, look at the Olympic team. Oh, yeah. There was a, ha- there was a handful of kids from Brampton. Okay, Monica. The World Cup team. I'm sorry. The World Cup team, yeah. Well, you should be sorry. Monica. Yes. Good morning. We can't see you, though. We just see your wonderful background. You see, this is why I was trying to set it up. Um, Well, you did yesterday. Yeah, but I can't hear you through my earbuds. I can only hear you through my computer. Okay, well, is that not sufficient? Didn't uh, didn't you and Mike? We didn't. Everything worked perfect okay. when we did it with Mike. Really? Well, I'm going to say to uh, Mike, she's on now. Where am I now? Maybe you can fix it. I'm going to have Mike come on because, you know, why not? You can help her because, you know. We were we really are looking forward to this conversation about being death doula, and we understand you've been listening to us since Mojo, and you're a hundred p on the podcast, and you know yeah, that that that, that gets you a huge free pass. <laughs> well, thank you. So <laughs> we you don't you can't we can't see you for some reason. Uh, I don't Hang know on. why. Yeah, I don't know where I am. I can't even see it. Well, maybe get Original rid of your background. Here we are. <laughs> um, where am I? Show grid. Well, we may have to proceed as is. Hang on. 
Yeah, I mean, this we might just go with this, Monica, because no one needs to see you other than the. Uh, that's okay. The Facebook I'm, I'm people. I'm getting there. And, here's the thing, Monica. We don't want well, to... Howard, t- may, maybe you and I should talk about something in the meantime. Well, I know, because I... We just... Let me just talk, Monica, through this quickly. Monica, if you can hear us, then we're going to proceed with this interview. Okay. I have a little message here that says, host disabled participant screen sharing. Okay, that's not... Okay, here comes... Hang on. You know, now this is going to become a, a technical nightmare because Toronto Mike I know. is... Because Toronto Mike is joining us. Oh, no. Toronto Mike... Well, you, you're the... Are you not the host? Did you did you disable me? I didn't do any abling or disabling. Nope, you're all fine. This is why I hate this stuff. I'm a uh, Monica Dula. I just want you to know, I'm Monica Dula. Toronto Mike making a day early experience here. Uh, Mike, do you guys want to go away and do this, or is there some way we can save this in the next 30 seconds? Okay, in the next 30 seconds, we'll do it here. So, Monica. Yes, sir. Nice to hear you again. Okay, in the bottom left corner, remember that icon next to the uh, microphone. You have that arrow that points up next to the microphone. Bottom left corner of Zoom. Yeah, I see mute. Okay, so click that, that microphone, hit the arrow to the right of the microphone really quickly here, and then I'll disappear and listen to your fantastic appearance of Humble and Fred. Do you see select a mic? Do you see select a speaker? When you click that arrow, you see select a speaker? I don't see that. <laughs> yeah, in the oh, bottom left corner of the room, there's a microphone. Te- it says tech, yeah, tech speaker and microphone. Do you see select a speaker? <laughs> <laughs> okay well i'll tell you what we're gonna let you guys go and uh figure it out and uh, we're gonna proceed with this morning's program okay we had a great zoom though monica and i so i'm uh, sorry to hear this so monica you cannot proceed with this volume you can't hear us enough to talk for the next 10 minutes oh we've lost her completely now <laughs> i can talk about it that's right, Mike. I've off my That's very good. Let's look at you learning and growing. That's yeah. Why don't you talk about how, the ways you could kill us? And There's uh, ten ways I would kill you if I had the opportunity. Okay. Okay. Wait one second. Mainly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Can can here's the thing because we I don't I know you did this with Monica before and Monica's came on yesterday she came on today but we have to move on from Monica now and I want to speak to her so slaughter again for Thursday for a quick chat okay okay peace and, and love to and, the uh, Mike, OG well, no not Thursday for t- tomorrow I know. tomorrow's I know. our last day is there time to sneak Monica into on tomorrow's program I'll make time for Monica she's lovely Who's she is lovely tomorrow? <laughs> Who's the guest tomorrow? Uh, we have a rock and roll, uh, a guy who, uh, uh, who, who are those guys? The British band. Uh, well, Hermits, Hermits. Hermits. Oh, right. That's the guy that, man, that that's going to be great. We well, got the Sherpa. Yes. And maybe yeah. we throw Monica on. With only- well, you have a 905, actually, because you have uh, our gentleman. You have a gentleman. Who do we have at 905? Well, I have to quickly toggle over. Hold on here. Because, uh, oh, uh, quickly. I will tell you. I got no nine to five on this uh, schedule. Okay, that that's because they probably haven't accepted yet. But I'm going to get Monica in tomorrow. Don't worry, I'll talk to her offline here, and uh, hopefully we get the deaf doula on because but, she. But was Mike, it's got to be on. It's got to be on early in the show. It can't be after the nine o five because uh, we got to do our other stuff. So uh, get her on like in the first fifteen minutes tomorrow. Okay. Okay. 
Thank Peace you, Michael. Just message her. I don't to, to go away now. Don't boot her, though. No, I know. Okay. What is she going to do? You just... can move her to the waiting room, and then that's the safest thing, and then she doesn't get booted. Just put her in the waiting room. Okay, buddy. Okay. Thank you. It's Peace just up. sad, because yesterday, when she was the day early, everything was working great. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't have an explanation. This is quite bizarre, but it has made me consider assisted death. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no okay. kidding. For all of us. Hey, uh, Toronto Mike, uh, big uh, big producer of the program. We appreciate you. So just send her a message uh, and just let her to tell her to let herself out of the uh, thing again. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. All right, man. I got something here on how often we should wash our clothes. I got lots of stuff, too, but go. I'd like to start with that. How often should we wash our clothes? Well, it's interesting. Um, it's not necessary on a day-to-day basis, you know, unless you, you know, you, you're sweating profusely or you're doing something physical. It's not necessary to wash like a shirt after every use. I do. But it's saying, num- number one, it, you know, it shortens the life of the garment. Number two, you're exposed a little more to chemicals and detergent. But it's just not necessary. So if you have a normal day with a shirt, you know, not that you would wear it the next day, but you can put it somewhere where you could wear it again before washing. Um, I do that with jeans. Uh, I don't do it with socks or underwear. I have done I. it. I, I have done it with certain shirts that I have that are a bit better made. Like I have a like a kind of a casual white sort of dress shirt you know what i mean it's kind of a cool shirt if i wear it out to dinner with you guys i won't wash it necessarily i'll leave it up there for another occasion same here um my dress shirts if i wear it out for a couple hours at night i come home and i'll smell i'll literally smell the armpits or whatever mm-hmm. sure and if it smells fine i'll just hang it up again because again you know the more you wash the quicker things wear out obviously and i'm the same way with jeans i'll wear a jeans uh maybe um maybe three times before i wash yeah. them um here's a little another, trick oh go ahead yeah no you go ahead well, here, here's trick. a little trick if you're depending again on the garment mostly a shirt Mm-hmm. To uh, if if you wear it and it's still it's got a little wrinkly, let's say you've tucked mm-hmm. it in or whatever, mm-hmm. you know there's a great little lady friend showed me this. Um, how to de-wrinkle it? You just take a, a a washcloth. You don't mm-hmm. soak it, but you get it damp, and you throw the uh, garment with the washcloth into a dryer for like six minutes. Oh, that's right. We're going to say you put it on the garment and iron it. Oh, no, dude. Mm. No, my big brother. It works great to de-wrinkle it. And another one is the towel. What do they say about the towel? Yeah, like if you're not, you know, out digging ditches and stuff, you're just a normal day. And then you get in the shower and you wash your body with soap and... And other things, yes, your soap balls. And other things. (laughs) And then you dry that squeaky clean body with a towel... Why can't you use that again the next day? I use it all the time. So do I. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Delise likes to use a new towel every time. So well, I will use her towel. I would use her towel. If, I would use your. Mm-hmm. T- I would use her towel if you'd let me. <laughs> <laughs> but her it's beautiful, uh, delicate towel. Mm-hmm. 
I'm the same. <laughs> I, I do it. Here's what I do it by, though, because you know, I shower every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know what your deal is. I know Dan doesn't. Dan's against oh, showering I, every yeah, day. I have to. I get all crusty. I yeah. But, and especially now that summer's here. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a golf shirt. Like, up until a, a few days ago, I don't know if you noticed the weather sucked. I don't know if I pointed that out. But up until a couple of days ago, I could wear a golf shirt a couple of days because it didn't sweat. But I took one off yesterday, and it's, you know, you have to wash it. It's got, you know, like salt stains on it. But I won't wash a towel. And you know what I'll do is I rotate them because, you know, if I, if I shower every day, the towel I've used on a, a one day is still wet the next day. Um, my son, years ago, when he was down covering the Masters, bought me a Masters sort of sort of a golf shirt. Nice. Sort of the, the polo shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Material. And I hate putting that in the wash because I can see over the past couple of years, the black has started to fade a bit. And I'm I'm so torn with it because it's like, well, it has to be washed, but I never want this shirt to be that I I can't wear it. So I don't know. That's a bit of a dilemma I have with that. I just wonder if uh, if people who are new to the podcast are like, I heard these guys used to yell about Trump and stuff. Now, what do they do? <laughs> I'm, I'm I think it's interesting. I was going to bring this up. And you've now given me the perfect opportunity. Okay, there was one other item that I'll get to okay. as well. Let me, we'll, we we'll can't let me, forget because oh, no. I want to get your answer oh, to. We're not okay. going to forget the other item. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take you to a place you didn't know we were going to go. Okay. So, I do another podcast, as everyone knows, called Swing Thoughts. Yes. And we've been very lucky over the eight seasons of Swing Thoughts to have a, a relationship with a uh, manufacturer known as TaylorMade. So, we get all our golf stuff you know, as as payment for the podcast. Right. And recently, we've had some clothing sponsors. Adidas was one of them. And recently, we have a new sponsor called WhoIsOscarBravo.com. Mm. And I don't know if I told you about this. And they are, you know, in the true sense of this word, Rachel used to use it all the time, but the word bespoke, you know, very tailor-made, very very different golf polo shirts they're made in italy they only make 100 of each design it's like yeah wait this is wait till i tell you your fucking head's gonna pop off they make 100 of each design i i i'll bring one i'll bring one in tomorrow you can see it on the zoom they are the most beautiful golf polos i've ever seen they, they have, unlike a lot of the, because you talked about your golf shirt starts to wear as you, as you launder it, but mm-hmm. these polos, these new ones, they're very slim fit, and they uh, have a, a, um, a collar that's, it's a hard collar, you know, it sort of stays up almost like a dress shirt. My God, man. So, <laughs> I just wanted to play this game with you. What do you think a golf shirt like again, the most expensive golf shirt that I've ever seen. What do you think one of these is worth? Three hundred. Keep going, lobster boy. Five hundred. Four fifty. Four fifty. Wow. Four hundred and and I you know again is our and I I don't know much about clothing, but I know a few of our listeners have spent four hundred and fifty on this shirt because they are that good. So you must wear it every round. Because would you buy two or three? <laughs> I, I have a few. Let me just say that. So wow. I have a few. And so at the end of the season, you'll be on Kijiji. 
<laughs> but what made me think of it in this discussion is the laundry. And I was worried. I laundered them for the first time. Yes. I had a couple in the laundry, and I put them in. Uh, I've never done this before. I put them in the delicate cycle. Right. Because I just didn't want anything to happen to it. It's just my, just would be my luck. You know, I've, the other day I wore one. I spilled mm-hmm. coffee on it. And I'm, this is just going to be. Of course you did. Of course. Like an idiot. So. Mustard uh, stains yet? <laughs> Not, it's coming. Not yet, though. But I took it out of the laundry, and I obviously hung it to dry. And then I, what I did is I buttoned the collar so that the collar would sort of dry in that shape. And I got to tell you, they came back perfect. Uh, you say slim fitting. Are they man boob friendly? Yeah. Well, I, I guess I, sh- I, I didn't. I don't mean they're just for slim men, but they're tapered. Okay. In fact, you'll love this okay. about them. You would love this. You don't have to tuck them in because the way they're mm-hmm. cut, you can tuck them in, but they're not like a long. Sh- you could wear right. it untucked, let's say, because you can wear these things like at night under a jacket or a, out sure. to dinner and they look cool untucked. But yeah, I've, I've, I've never. So go if, you're, if you guys are curious. I'm kind of taking one of my sponsors from the golf show, but go have a look at him. Who is OscarBravo.com? Seriously, one of the nicest pieces of clothing I've ever owned. What was the third thing you wanted to mention about laundry? Well, sheets. Ah, yes. Now, this thing, this article I'm reading, it tells you how we overwash things. Okay. But, But ironically, people tend to underwash sheets so what's the protocol every five to seven days Uh, because of the bacteria and the skin mites and whatever those things are that they recommend that sheets should be washed every five to seven days with normal use and i'm thinking wow Mm -hmm. i don't you know i'll have to i'm i'm not sure we do that i know it's done quite often because of who's in charge but I'm not sure five to seven days. I mean, who would do that? How often do you? I don't know. I them. Probably once every couple of weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm at. Um, um, hang on. To pull them off. But Toronto Mike has uh, re-entered. Uh, yes, Michael, what's going on? Is there, is there trouble? Trouble, trouble. No, actually, I had a wonderful Zoom right now with Monica and her camera. She had a piece of like tape over the lens. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's so, probably why it didn't work. So all you could see was her background. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she have tape over her lens? Oh, interesting. That could be your first question for you. But oh. she's going to come on any second now. We're going to do it now. We got to do it now. Like tomorrow's show is going to be bananas. So get her on now. Do a nice 10 minutes with her and you'll love it. Like right now. Okay. So, okay. Because the instructions we, are to click your link right now. I I've, said, I've got her. I've got her. Thing. And uh, no, this is a good call, Mike, because... Uh, we've got another 905 today, and uh, we're, yeah. would, and would be a shame to miss this opportunity to talk to somebody who loves us so much, she wants to kill us. Can I hang for it, or you want oh, me to go? I you know, I don't know if there's a, enough room, because seriously, right. no, you okay. can do whatever you want. I'll Come. leave, because... Of- where does she go? I want to make I don't sure want to hurt your, Mike. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Do you want to hang for this? Go ahead. I don't care. How about this? When I hear the first 10 seconds are going fine, I will let go of Monica's hand and I will return to watch. Well, I can see. I, listen, we can all see Monica. <laughs> okay. Let's see if we can hear Monica. 
Hello, gentlemen. There you go. Can you hear us, Monica? I can hear you fine. Monica Brahm, B-R-A-H-M. Is it Brahm or Bram? Either or. It's Brahm. Been like listen- the composer without the S. Been listening to our show, Friedrich, since the Mojo days when we were set adrift in the talk radio world. And now Monica, sweet Monica, is a hundy P. Wow. Uh, but more importantly, Monica is a death doula, part of the Death Doula Ontario Network. And let's just begin with this, because we, let, we don't want to confuse uh, medical assisted. I keep getting it wrong. Medical assisted in the medical assistance in dying or made with what you do. The difference is, is I have absolutely nothing to do with medical that's I have nothing to do with that. That's all done by a team with all the proper credentials. I don't have any of that. So I don't assist anything injecting you or medic <laughs> nothing. So you're an emotional support person. Yes, I'm there. A doula's responsibility is to to get you through the end of your life. So um, helping you make decisions, helping you decide where you would like to die. Um, there's two ways to die. It's instantaneously just like that, or you have, you're given the opportunity or told that you are going to pass and you have some time. And in that time, you want to be able to plan your death. So things like, uh, what are you going to do with your car? What are you going to do with, you know, your your accolades and your medals and and Fred for you your your hockey puck collection? You know, you want to make sure that that you know Johnny Slapshot might want that stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't. Um, for me, where who do I give all my weed to? <laughs> that's it. See, that's the choice you make. How do I make sure and no one so, cracks my uh, passwords on my computer? So you know that kind of thing. So what did? <laughs> exactly. You want to write all that down, and we make that. We make those. Dec- when you're told you're going to die, your first thought is not going to be, "Oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my shoe collection?" Right. Mm-hmm. You've got so many issues and so many thoughts going through your head, and a doula is going to come in. And they're going to provide, and by the way, you can buy these on Amazon, but there's a book here. Uh, you can buy these on Amazon. It's a book that provides you, and it, it ha- it's a guide to say, all the pages are like, where does my charity donations go? Right. Where do my car, in- you know, all these car insurance and so what I'm going to do or a doula is going to do is come in. They're going to be an extension of your family and they're going to guide you through to help make the difficult decisions. So if with I may, your family, if I may, Monica, so at some point, sure. an, an older person hopefully is has the idea that they want to do the medical assistance dying thing and they get a hold of you and say i've got i'm i've scheduled this for 3 or 4 weeks but that person is probably not mobile they're aged they're probably very sick so do you go and meet with them or do you meet with their family are they you know are, are they of sound mind they can make these decisions well that's just it when you're told you're going to die 
you know, you get you're going to get a time frame. If if someone has gone already beyond that point, they're in a hospice mm-hmm. or the hospital. Um, if you're fortunate enough to be able to afford to die at home, if that's your choice, my opinion is I don't like that. Um, I, I don't agree with that only because you're not thinking about the people that have to live in the home after you're gone. It's not something you've thought of, right? So let's say your daughter or your son say, dad, I want to take care of you. You're going to come to my house. We're going to look after you. Well, have you thought about the trauma that's going to come to them after you're dead? Do they really want to live in that house afterwards? Yeah, there's the, the room. With, there's the room that dad died in. You know. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. still can't get so the stink become, out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and and same as your car. If you want to leave your car, like Fred, maybe you want to leave your car to Charlie or to Spinny. No, that's my daughter's. Yeah, that's how. Yeah. Yeah. If, sure? but, sorry, hey, but if Fred I'm wants sorry, to, le- if Fred wants to leave his car to my kids, I happily take them. If I may, this, <laughs> this is you know the first thing that comes to mind with me. You're told you're going to die, and some of those questions need to be asked. If a family member asks, it might be like they're being greedy or they're trying to get to the the head of the line to get those assets. You know what I mean? It's like if you and find out your dad's going to die and I'm the son, I go, yeah. oh, who's going to get his car? It's like, eh, that doesn't sit well. But if somebody like you, a third party, comes in and asks those questions, well, then it just makes it a little easier on everyone. Is that yeah, the idea? Yeah, exactly. The idea is that the, the doula is the liaison mm-hmm. between everybody. So the way I created killing Fred, if he gives me his permission and he's comfortable with me organizing his death, um, you know, it would be we're, the doula is the liaison between everybody. She gets everybody or they, sorry, get everybody together as one. So my my perfect scenario or the way I would work it is to is for Fred to have a party and have, you know, give them because there ain't no party like a Fred death party. Like, uh, because a Fred death party don't stop. Yeah, you get the whole family together or anybody that. Mm. But that is more towards the end, because. No, I shouldn't say the end. Um, hey, by the way, Monica, not to interrupt you, but at my at my death party, can we have donkeys and, and games? <laughs> and you can have whatever you oh, want. Oh, I'm going to. Dude, I'll be having some booze at my death party. Trust me. Um, right. Absolutely. Can you, be, can you also be proactive with this uh, from this standpoint? Like, you know, people arrange funerals. I mean, they're not dying. They haven't been diagnosed to die. They just do it for the convenience of the family. Um, organize their funerals like my parents which is great did. and i may you know the the you know you die the they come and get you they cremate you and they deliver you back to the house you can make those plans now without any absolutely yep. so do you could you do on the do you do that as well like in advance yes. all these questions and all this long before yes. a person's even diagnosed okay Yes. Yes. Okay. Our, our, a a, a doula is going to go through all the difficult. They're going to be the liaison between the funeral director, the funeral planner. Mm-hmm. The uh, they're going to they're just going to help you. you, you you're you're more like an organization. It seems to me like the death doula is more like an organizational. Like a wedding planner. Planner in a way. <laughs> but we were talking about doulas. Kinda. Doulas in the world of like like a doula is not like a midwife, but a doula does help 
babies get born. Does a death right. doula, are you, are you there at the end? Are you there holding yes. our, so you're there with me and Fred, because we're going to die together. You're there with the three of us. We're all dying and complaining <laughs> so about cool. stuff. Uh, but what, what, what happens at the end end? Well, that's just it. If, um, if you are in a hospice or wherever your ending environment you choose, the doula is going to be there right up until the end. She's going to be the mediator. Let's say you're you're passing away in a hospice. You don't like the room decor. Well, maybe we'll bring in your hockey sticks. Maybe we'll bring in your your golf clubs. Mm. Or we're going to set the room up to your environment so that you can go peacefully. You know, we're going to bring in candles, incense. We're going to. What if you want? You know. 2000 thread sheet thread count bed sheets you want to die luxuriously you don't want to die in, in okay so a, and what a and, shitty environment and what generally well it will be a shitty environment after but what generally are people's moods i'm going to back up just a little bit i would imagine if you've chosen a death doula then you already are a bit more forward thinking so at the very end what generally are people's mindsets Everyone is different. There are no two the same. There's no right or wrong. You're going to go through all the stages of death. You're going to go through the anger, the frustration. Um, you know, the people behind, left behind are going to go. They're going to go through everything. Everybody is different. Some people will get terrible an- animosity. Like, why did this happen? What what made this go wrong? And there, everybody is different. There's no hmm. two personalities, none. Um, and do you also arrange the person that would um, administer the injection, and do you look after that too? If I do if it not came to that, oh, okay. They are completely separate. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be in the room, so we're going to talk, right? Um, but no, I'm Lee. I'm there okay. as or a doula is there as your representative and your family let's let's say you've got your immediate family surrounding you by your bed Mm -hmm. you know and then there's that one guy that has treated you like crap for years and he decides he wants to come too well you've already given me the list to say oh you're like people you're like the death bouncer person there yeah you're Mm -hmm. like the death bouncer you're not letting people over that velvet rope Mm. A mediator. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, med- a mediator. But, I'm, but, I want your death to be as comfortable <laughs> as you want it to but be. But I just see you there with your headphone on and the clipboard going, <laughs> no, no, you're not on the death list. Get out. Yeah, and I'll do that. And if the family chooses to not have me in the room, I, I mean, I, I encourage having children in the room, yeah. the entire family, because... You've already discussed this. You've already planned this. It says here, Monica, you've spent some time preparing uh, for our final exit. What do I you, have. Yeah. <laughs> Just grab Fred's death. Too many notes. Um, <laughs> stuck so, my death. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Fred, did, if you're did, comfortable. Did you, did you plan for my death okay or just Fred's? This? I I've done a little bit of both. If Fred's not comfortable... Um, it's fine. Well, why don't you give us a couple highlights of each? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for Fred, he finds out the tra- tragic news that he's he's going to pass away. Yes. He's got like six six weeks to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, Fred's not thinking about 
you know, the little things like a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned you had three uh, ghetto blasters in your garage. Well, right. now's the time you got to think about getting rid of them. Mm. Um, but only for a good price. Like- <laughs> <laughs> only, only for a decent price. I don't care if he's 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 not getting. I mean, there's no death discount with Freddie on Kijiji. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Okay, and the, and the, and the doula will also organize a company who will come in and right. do that for okay. you. For a small right. price, they come in, they, they, they analyze everything, they put tags on everything, they take everything away. Um, the the company is called Auction Max. Okay. So you, what you don't want is to be making so many decisions to make your health worse. No, it sounds, right? it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so for Fred, my recommendation or my suggest one of my suggestions to you would be to say, OK, you're going to leave your lovely bride behind with a whole ton of shit. Right. Right. And and she doesn't want to be thinking about that. You want to be thinking about her. You you want her best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. So maybe one of the decisions you would make would be to say, lovely Delise. I know you love the home. I know you love the trailer. I know you love the cars. But why don't we set you up somewhere where now you can extend your life? And let's look at the things that you might need. And this works in the reverse as well. You know, you, maybe maybe Delise doesn't want to come back to that house. Yeah. Maybe maybe you would like to put her up in a retirement community. Oh. And, and you have mm. this. Well, you know, cause she'll, she'll, or something even more where she gets help. Right. Right. So In what about end, a single guy like Howard? Or, yeah. Howard. What, now, what, I'm just curious. Did you make any uh, plans for my death or uh, am I just going to go as a pack of steel? <laughs> as a pack of steel no, with no, Fred. I, I, <clears throat> with you, I, I mean, I know of Spinney and Charlie and I know Rachel and, and Randy. You want to sort out. Where you want to be, you know, like I said, if you want to give your your car, say, to Spinny and Spinny thinks, oh, that's a really great idea. But then you've also got to present to Spinny to say, you know, I don't really want to get in that car after you've gone. Oh, no, she would get in. Oh, no, she would. She (laughs) would take it in a second. Right. But you you have to ask her first. This is this is something you want to have down on paper. And then this way she has you both have the opportunity to say, you know what? Maybe let's sell it and buy two cars, one mm-hmm. for Charlie and one for Spinny. And mm-hmm. and both of them get something to, you know, you want to, what about, what about, um, Stan. I'm sorry, I just, yeah, what about Stan? Stan like, no, Stan's, I already, it's, it's in, Stan's coming with me. <laughs> well, there you go. I, but, and, and the second that Stan has to go, I'm going with him. Listen, Monica. See, and in a way, you are actually dueling. I'm, de- I'm Stan's death for, doula. For Stan. I'm a, death yeah, exactly. do- I'm a dog death doula for Stan. <laughs> you, know, you know, years before she died, my mom would go around the house with little pieces of tape and write the names of grandchildren or children on items so that we knew yep. when she had died. That's very common. Yeah, she she did that, and you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, yeah, of course it does. No, that planning helps; it really does. Well, listen, Monica, what a, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to uh, have this conversation. It really is something for people to think about. Whether you're you haven't prepared your will, you got to get on that. And if you are thinking about the end, this is the person to help guide you. The death doula, Monica Brom, and uh, Monica, where do people get a hold of you? 
well, see, I haven't set the business up yet, but um, mm. you can get a hold of me at Miss M I S S Monica Brahm. So M O N I C A B R A H M at yahoo.com. Okay, and you're part of the. I want to say, make sure I got this correct. The on de- the Death Doula Ontario Network. I am on that, yes, but again, I'm not. Uh, I'm not certified. Okay. There, I, so I realize that there's a lot to go into a business. Sure, there is. A business. <laughs> Tell us. Uh, listen, man, what a fascinating conversation. I knew we'd love to talk to you, and thank you very much for all the support you've given us over the years. We appreciate it. Absolutely. It's the reason I love your show is because you're not afraid to talk about things like this. Oh, Nobody yeah. likes to talk we about love, death. We love talking Nobody about it. Nobody likes to talk <laughs> we, about dying. We um, love it. I don't have a problem with it. Well, so, obviously. Yeah. Thanks, Monica. Uh, you're welcome. Thank All right. you. You just Thanks, let Monica. yourself out like you've learned how to do. Great background. You're a nice person. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Death comes for us all. And Monica's going to be there. All right. See ya. You know, with the retirement Sherpa, we often talk about, you know, impending death because you have to. It's part of the planning. It's the financial uh, planning aspect of uh, your end if you're leaving assets behind. And uh, the Sherpa will be by tomorrow. Uh, The topic tomorrow, group RRSPs and pensions. Uh, Is everything lined up? Do you have your ducks in a row? Mm. Uh, in those situations uh, Do you know where your money is? Do you know how you're going to access that money? And on and on and on All those things that need to be addressed Tim is a portfolio manager Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund RetirementSherpa.ca Yeah, he's a good man I, 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 The whole ducks in a row thing though I mean, you're not getting ducks in a row What are you talking about? Well, you know, it's hard to get them in a row you don't like that term? Or no, I just think it's a funny it's term. It's hard to do it. It's hard to do that. It's not easy to do. You gotta. I'm not sure you. That's why you need that someone to help you. What's that? Where would that come from? I don't know. Um, we have our email oh, show, which is uh, this week will be on uh, Thursday. That's right, on Thursday. Brought to you by Palma Pasta. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees, man. Just incredible. And four locations to serve you. One in Oakville, three in Mississauga, featuring their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. And if you can't get there, you should. But if you can't, uh, order online at palmapasta.com. And in fact, you can use their... um, Catering services for home or corporate events, large or small. Palma Pasta delivers in the GTA. Palma Pasta, Fred, Italian tradition, simply delicioso. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Craig Keats from uh, Architect here in a second or two. I'm just going to uh, get Dan Duran involved here because we're uh, running a little bit late and, you know, we don't want Dan to get uh, miffed when he doesn't do his news and then we're too late and he's got things to do. So let's just check in with Dan and see if uh, we've got time for Dan, if Dan's got time for us. Oh, yeah, I can uh, I can hang out. I've got stuff I'm doing, you know, well, listening to the show no, and but just I'm, doing stuff. But, um, but Craig's uh, not slated until... Uh, until like three minutes from now, so you can do a three-minute newscast, or uh, that's uh, that's we'll we'll do that. A three-minute newscast is that right. too, that's not enough time for you? 
Yeah, sure. We can give it a shot. Well, how many stories do you have? Well, there's two, but one is, you know, kind of... I'll do the one. Listen, we've, we've already wasted 40 seconds talking about no. it. <laughs> Here's to a fellow named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low Dan Duran My voice is nice and low And now the guy you've seen in Over 60 blockbuster movies He's Anchorman from the movies Dan Duran and now live from Lisa's home With news and views Bringing clarity to the unclear well, conservative leader Danielle Smith gets to sit in Alberta's big power chair as a UCP is pulled off an anticipated win. When I think there's still some counting to be done, but uh, they they pulled it off and they make the win over the NDP. One of the election issues for both parties was handling a wildfire preparedness, as Alberta has the most fires ablaze in Canada right now. And in fact, there are currently 205 active fires. 76 of those are out of control in all of Canada, hmm. mostly in Western Canada. But there's, you've been hearing news about uh, in the East Coast, there's uh, Nova Scotia has an out of control fire burning 20 kilometers away from Halifax. That's approximately 200 homes or structures have been damaged as a result of the fires there. So I've looked into it a little bit. I, I, I didn't realize that the number of fires is actually going down, but the intensity of the fires is increasing. Very intense. Uh, and it has to do a lot with climate change in Canada. Roughly half of all fires are now caused by lightning. Mm. And lightning strikes are on the rise due to climate change. And uh, also because of climate change, the vegetation is more likely to be dry and more flammable. So when the lightning strike happens, then things get going. So it's important about, uh, you know, to look at the prevention and uh, mitigation activities. That's very critical. And, and in the future, the, the government is spending more on training firefighters, the federal government, and they're also planning, hey, get this, a fire satellite for 2029. you got to get one of those. Yeah, that detects the, uh, the fires uh, on know, the planet. I feel you would have made a great firefighter. Why? Because you're organized and you, you're relentless. You know, you, you don't take no for an answer from a fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go straight to the f- big fire hose. Oh. oh, no, friend, I'm better than that. Okay. I was going to get to it eventually. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to get to it eventually. <laughs> you know, and if all else fails, they would just hook you up in one of those uh, water bombers, uh, those air, there those little go. aircrafts. You just face yeah. down and sh- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Have you, ever, um, have you guys ever seen a wildfire? Uh, no, no, I'm only on the, in the movies and things. In the movies, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen one up close of you. Yeah. When I was working at my brother's uh, place, we were watching the fire at night. Oh, that's across right. Across the lake. The the whole side of the mountain was on fire. Crazy, yeah. During the day, was uh, uh, it was the other side of the lake, so we felt quite comfortable because it, there's no way that the fire could leap across the lake from where that was. They can't do that, no. They were uh, they were banned years ago from leaping across lakes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. You but it's also interesting too. I mean, you know, watching uh, water bombers come in. Yes, 
and uh, helicopters Scoop with up big the water. water bags. That is my yeah. favorite thing about those water bombers. I can't remember that. I used to know the name of them, but there's a uh, this specific plane. They they scoop. They go down. People wonder where do they get the water from. They get it from the lake. They basically hover above the lake and then they scooper. The scooper thing brings it up. They basically rub their bellies on the lake and fill it with water. It's dangerous. None, none of that can be safe. No, it's very. It's a really dangerous thing to do. I would say you'd think it would ditch the plane. But. Well, that's how they're built, though. They're water bombers. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. Cause our, no, I was just going to uh, say quickly, um, you know, you said the UCP won that election in Alberta. Yesterday, the uh, despicable um, uh, Theo Fleury issued a, um, um, you know, a, a Twitter video encouraging everyone to stay away from the NDP and vote for the UPC. He had had the fucking name wrong of the party. <laughs> That's great. He had the name wrong of the party that he was endorsing because those NDPA, wow. they're a bunch of social. Those, those MPDs. <laughs> uh, Dan Duran, we uh, have uh, our guest uh, standing by. Uh, you did a great job. Will you, will you be able to stay for the, uh, the big close? Yes, the big close yeah. of the program. All right. Can't wait to hear about more about uh, electric cars. Well, this isn't about electric cars, Dan. This is about oh, about decking, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? And, and here's the thing: no one likes that attitude on this program. <laughs> Dan, not caring oh, attitude. Oh, I can't wait to hear more about your sponsors. All right, Dan. I'll tell you right now, we can replace. This is a big, handsome man with a nice voice. He can replace you just like that. All right. Well, Good I better Lord. watch what I say. Then. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, I'll stand by. Anyway. Uh, Craig Keats, I'm sorry you had to hear that. That was just, uh, I don't know where that came from. It's just a lot of anger. All good. All Dan who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dan who? Uh, this is Craig Keats, Archidec, uh, A-R-C-H-A-D-E-C-K, Archidec.com. Uh, by the way, there's a, a quicker uh, web address if you want to go to T-O-Dex, which is easier to remember, T-O-Dex.com. And let's begin, uh, before we get into some of the uh, nuts and bolts of decking, did you know, Fred, that uh, Craig's actually received some uh, inquiries from our listeners? Well, that's fantastic. See, Humble and Fred Radio does work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, we're not that we're surprised, but, you know, these are these are <laughs> <laughs> these are pretty big projects. And as I said to you, when we were doing the planning and negotiation that you never know who's out there listening might need a deck they might not need it they might think about a deck in 2023 and not book one until the next year but uh we're we're excited that uh that some people are reaching out now you were thinking you, you wanted to talk a little bit about how happy clients are once they do book something with Archidec. Yeah, you know, I thought that uh, it might be worth reminding folks and talking about, uh, you know, construction is a long process. It can be a long process. And, you know, when we're actually building, we're making a bit of a mess where, you know, it it takes a little bit of time to, to build a project. There's a lot of upfront time spent planning, designing, getting it just right. But the real payoff for us and the payoff for our clients is when we're all done. And, you know, we have tons of stories of people when we're done, the smiles, the happiness, they are just ecstatic with the new space. And uh, it's really heartwarming for us. And that's really why we do it. Um, yeah, it's it's really rewarding. So, uh, 
No, I I see that too because because again, you're professionals. They know it's been done properly. They've done. They know it's been done to spec. It's been done off their description of what they wanted. Why Mm -hmm. wouldn't they be happy? It's. uh, it's the finished product always brings a smile to your face. Well, and you make a great right. point, too, Craig. I, I've had a backyard done. Freddie's had as well. You know, there's it is a lot of mess. And mm-hmm. it can be emotional because, well, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on. And you're wondering if it's going to get done right. And as you've said in past uh, shows, and I, we've talked about this on the show, you know, there's an architect. It, it, unlike a lot of these companies, architect has a guarantee there's a sort of peace of mind quality because when you look out in your yard and it's upside down at least you know with craig and his company at teodex.com that whatever you guys decided initially is going to be that's how it's going to look eventually and you're there to give them that comfort absolutely i mean I think a couple of things where we're a turnkey partner. So we take care of absolutely every detail. Uh, and we focus a lot of time effort then on communicating with our clients to make sure they're aware of what we're doing, and all of the different steps that we're going through. Because we know, again, it can take a little bit of time. And in that in-between, people mm. are a little unsure as to what's actually going to happen. We're reminding them of the plans that you know we're building to spec and making sure that every step is exactly right uh, mm. along the way. And including at the end, when we're done, we spend the time to walk through the project, make sure absolutely every detail has been addressed. So we want to leave our clients. You know, we, we look at it as we're not really in the construction business. We're in the happiness business. Right. Our job is to transform your backyard and make it more beautiful, more functional, exactly what you've ever you've always wanted and uh, make it right for you. Yeah. And I like the ideas aspect, too, because I think we touched on this before. Somebody might want say a deck in their backyard or you know have different levels or whatever but aren't quite sure exactly what can be done because it's not their business they don't know how these things are done so you guys roll in and give them all the options of uh what can happen in that backyard and that's uh that's invaluable yeah that's a big part of our business is that sort of design (laughs) that that period to really understand what it is that that our clients are really looking for. We, mm-hmm. we like to talk to everybody that's in the house. I mean, everybody that's going to be using that backyard has a different perspective and, mm-hmm. and has different needs and wants. And uh, so we try to factor all of that into our design proposals that we put together. Back to the chaos. And ha- I mean, again, I've seen it. I experienced it one summer. Same here. And in, in the middle of the chaos, sometimes everyone gets, when I said it gets emotional, because sometimes you start to get a little nervous about is this really going to happen? In I'm sure in all the years you guys have been doing this, this has come up where somebody looks out in their backyard and they change their mind on something that they agreed on in the design phase. Talk to me about that. I know it's not part of the notes, but I'm just curious about that. You know what? It does happen for sure when you actually see things coming together. You you think it's maybe a different color, maybe a different shape, maybe in a different location. You know what? That's our job. That's our job is to be nimble and to and to respond and to to help homeowners get what they want. So sometimes we do take a pause and we'll go back and maybe revisit some ideas. 
sometimes, you know, there's good reasons we can't do it or sure. there's implications to doing it. But absolutely, we we do that all the time on projects. And that's that's OK. That's part of the process. Six, four, seven, 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 five, ninety two, twenty two is the actual number. It's not changing. Six, four, seven, 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 five, ninety two, twenty two. Like some humble and Fred folks have already reached out to Architect. Now it's easier to remember TODEX.com. Is, and you, you, you said there's a story here where you drop by a project and there were people dancing. Well, yeah, I mean, it, this is the happiness factor. I was dropping by a project when we had wrapped up. I was just dropping by to check in on the homeowners, make sure that they were happy. And, you know, I walked around the back, uh, you know, because they weren't answering the front door, walked around the back to see if they might be in the backyard. And, and here's this elderly couple. I mean, they'd be well into lovely, lovely salt of the earth people, amazing clients to work for. And they've put a bit of furniture out on their patio and they're kind of doing like a little wall <laughs> and giving each other a little hug and they're Aww. beaming, beaming. And of course I interrupt them and I'm like, Hey guys, you know, uh, sorry, one more day of interrupting you. And, uh, they were just so happy. They could not, ex- they were just exuding happiness. They, they, uh, they were really happy to have this backyard. We did a small patio, sort of tied it together with their deck and cleaned up some other aspects of their backyard probably doubled the amount of usable space in their nice. backyard and they were they were making use of it making it a dance floor so that was really touching well listen man we're glad you've made use of this platform humble and fred radio and i know there's going to be more to come i apologize for the snidely way that uh dan duran referenced you uh and uh you know because listen he's listen he's in the movies he's a movie star so even though he's here with us he still has movie star you know expectations so anyway yeah. That I'm un- sorry, Dan, too. <laughs> I love you. I love you, too, Dan. <laughs> you know, he gets enough love, Craig. It's easy. Okay. Uh, Todex.com and uh, give Craig and uh, the company a call, and you will be happy. We'll be talking to you soon, my friend. Thanks very much. Architect. Architect of Toronto. Playing a little sublime here, Dan, because it's summertime. Are you digging it? Dan's mic's not on. Digging it. Digging the summer vibe for sure. Yeah. Uh-uh. This is some great CFNY edge music right here, kids. Anyway. I was, I, I was going to bring that up before the show. About the fact that uh, they've had some people... Calling directly from this program. It makes me very excited. Yes, very much so. Very exciting. Uh, Dan, do you have anything uh, else you'd like to add, or do you want to save it till tomorrow? Or? I could save it till tomorrow. We got okay. another show tomorrow, right? We got another show tomorrow, Dan. We're, yeah, okay. There's always one more show. Yeah. Are you going to be wandering around lawns with holes in them today? Uh, as a matter of fact, I will be. I. Uh, is today a day of golf? Today is the day of golf, yes. Uh. <laughs> wandering, <laughs> wandering around lawns with holes in them. That's very good. Yeah, it really, it really is just that stupid. Um, <laughs> tomorrow on the show, we'll be talking to another one. Listen, we're, we got another client that supports us. I hope you won't be, you know, out of get your nose out of joint when we have the chamber plan guy on. No, that's, that's good. good. He's he's a good guy. But you don't like this. You don't like this electric vehicle guy. Yeah. No, I like like I, I just got it all mixed up. Oh. It was like you know I thought the uh, you know I, I misheard thought you were doing the electric vehicle. No, it doesn't matter. It's fine. 
Okay. Just, Sorry. you know, I just want to make sure we pass our clients by you for your approval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it must be appropriate clients. Yeah. yeah. Freddie, are you all up to date? Yes. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we're going to speak to uh, <clears throat> the guy that managed Herman's Hermits. And uh, what was that like back in the 60s? Harvey Lisberg will be our guest. Mm-hmm. Not the Herman's Hermits, but the guy that managed them, which will be an interesting conversation. Interesting. How, how to manage a hermit. <laughs> hermit manager. You know, what, what, what if Boone, what if Toronto Mike got it mixed up? And it's not. It's a, a guy that manages hermit crabs. <laughs> you know, that's just a delightful little fun comedy. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, Dan Duran, say goodbye to everybody. Okay, this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture, relaxation, and decreasing stress. We read all the emails, and now we've got that Thursday's first summer email show coming up. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking, subscribing helps us out. So does writing a review. We like to uh, talk about that and giving us the hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, watch for the Humble and Fred nose mowing service coming soon to noses near you so that you can enjoy every goddamn day. And a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Oh.